And boom, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Before introducing today's guest, can I please ask that if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. And if you want to follow along with our journey on social media, please follow us on Instagram at Wandering Bear Sports or on Facebook at Wandering Bear Sports. Today's episode is brought to you each and every week by Caffeine Gum Australia. So I first tried Caffeine Gum when I played at the Melbourne Rebels in 2015 and immediately fell in love with it. It's easily the best caffeine supplement I've ever had for training or games. And even to this day, even though I don't play anymore, I still have it before every gym session and every training session, particularly early mornings. Comes in three good flavors, and with 100 milligrams of caffeine, it really packs a punch as well. So try some today at www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. Today's guest on the podcast is multiple-time Shoot Shield winning athletic performance coach Clint Hill. Clint is currently the head of performance for West Harbour in the Shoot Shield, has over 20 years experience as a coach in a variety of sports and has coached athletes from all levels, including a couple of athletes who are competing at the Tokyo Olympics. In addition to coaching, Clint runs a mentoring, education and coaching business based out of Maroubra Beach in Sydney and is a brand ambassador for Australian company Body Science. Clint also hosts a podcast on all aspects of strength, conditioning, health, and well-being called the Hill Strength and Performance Podcast, and I highly recommend you check that out. I'll put all the links to, to Clint's social media and his business stuff in the bio, and without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the great Clint Hill. I'll make sure I'm recording. Beautiful. How's life, brother? Mate, life is fantastic, my friend. Uh, and what about yourself? Yeah, keep it on, considering. It's yeah. uh, trying to make the most of it rather than feel sorry for myself. Like, yes. you know, living in Cronulla, um, you know, every, everyone, no one loves healthy. Uh, you know, there's there's worse things that could be happening Mate, to be. It certainly is, my friend. There certainly is, huh? Hey? Now, how's it affected you? Are you still working or what's the, Mate, from what's the a, game? I guess I've got a couple of things to, to you know, I guess keep me busy. Uh, yeah. But there's definitely bits and pieces that are, are slower. Um, but, mate, I guess I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Mate, good. Well, that's, you know, it's a, I think it's a matter of what can you do rather than what, what you can't do. Yeah, and, uh, exactly, man. Exactly. Cool. I think if if I'm super honest about it all, right, the big part of it comes down to the fact that really, mate, it's it's if you're not if you're not adaptable, you're gonna fuck yourself. I agree. Like that's all there is to it, mate. There's just you know, like, and as much as I as as I would like to say a whole bunch of other really simple things, mate, it's just that's just the way it is, mate. It's 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 very true. I, I we'll, we'll talk about it as we go on. Yeah, I've, cool. I've, actually, yeah. I've actually prepared for this one, which is rare for me. Yeah, okay. Um, because I, you know, there's there's any number of podcasts I could do with you. Yep, I reckon we could go yep. into a specific, yeah. Yep. You know, there's 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 you know countless and different ways to attack it. Yep, and and then. Like I'm still trying to work out where I want to take this podcast. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually, it was it was a real tough one when you said, "Do you want me to prepare a couple of questions?" Because interestingly enough, I know we could just talk, right? Like I know we could roll through fifty topics right now and probably create seven podcasts if that was the case, right? Whereas, you know, and and I don't mean this, uh, you know. Uh, in a mean way to any other guest, but because of the areas of the game that I've been involved with and what my, and other sports I am currently involved with, I could, you could take it any way you want it, you know? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting for me to, to do this. So 
Um, I, I was super keen when you reached out. I was like, mate, this is uh, like I'm, I'm keen as for this one, that's for sure. Well, uh, let's start with this. And Normally with the, the audio version, I'll give an intro to the guests on my own. Yep. But I, I've copped a bit of flack from my mother, of all people, for not doing it on the video version of the podcast. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start by asking you a question that I hate people asking me because it's very hard for me to explain it. But who are you and what do you do for a living? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Clinton Hill, uh, I'm a full-time professional strength and conditioning coach and uh, I also do a whole bunch of private PT and SNC mentoring. Um, my current role within Rugby Union is with the West Harbour Pirates uh, in the Shoot Shield, obviously, here in Sydney. Uh, I'm the head of high performance uh, and only strength and conditioning coach with the club. So that means that I have the, uh, the men's program, the women's program and the cults program, which uh, we're doing a lot of work to rebuild at the moment. So there's, there's, some, you know, there's another topic that we'll get to uh, as we move on on that one. Then on top of that, I have about nine professional athletes that I deal with in several different sports from surfing to surf lifesaving um, in the Ironman series. Uh, I have a two, two people going to the Olympics as uh, one in the rowing and one in canoe slalom. So there's, there's a couple of different ones there. And then on top of that, some, some individuals um, that are, you know, based out of different sports, whether it be rugby league, rugby union, or uh, up-and-comers in, in uh, sports like tennis. So there's, there's a lot to dig into straight away there. Yep. The thing, I guess, the biggest thing I want to know is the, the West Harbour job, yep. that's, that's fundamentally a full-time job, no, <laughs> yeah. no matter, no matter how, how many ways you swing it. And you're doing all this other stuff on top. Yeah, yep. How do you manage your time? How do you manage your life? Okay, so um, all right, so during, during a normal period of time. Okay, yeah, let's 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 do uh, previous and 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 during. <laughs> so uh, previous to lockdown, my day as uh, a kickoff at around five a.m. Um, I'm up, do my little morning routine, which uh, involves walking the dog, bit of journaling, bit of meditation. You know the the fun pieces of life which keep me in check um and then you know as far as management of my own time um i'm pretty solid on making sure that i keep everything the way it needs to be kept um so for me that kind of means that if i stick to a pretty solid routine i can get through most things most days um, I have a, a daily to-do list. I have a whiteboard up to my left of my desk where uh, I can take, you know, my big rocks and my big priorities for the day. Um, and I just make sure that I follow a pretty strict structure around uh, my, my time, whether it be with individual clients or whatever. Um, I try not to answer emails outside of of the times that I've allocated them. I try not to take phone calls outside of the time that I've allocated for them. Although you do know at certain periods in time, you've got to be, uh, you've got to, you've got to flow. You've got to take some of those things with a grain of salt and sort of move through them. But mate, you know, my, my typical day is uh, five till about nine 30. Okay. So it's a big day, six, big day. six days a week. Yeah. Generally six days, like uh, Saturday, obviously, you know, footy day, uh, in season, I'm at the field by 8 to 8.30 uh, and leave by about 6, 6.30. I'm the last one out of the change rooms typically. Um, so that's, you know, that's that's fairly typical from, for the way I do things. Um, you know, you, you've seen me in a change room. You know what the, uh, the scenario is. I like to be very organised and I have, I've always got things there that, that, uh, that aren't even necessary, but somebody might need one day. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to ask you. So I, I organize all this structure, and it just yep. never never works for me. <laughs> but I, I got to ask you about your podcast. I, yep. I listened to it today. Yeah. Um, as someone who's only just started my own podcast as yep. well, I, I found it amazing that you are just speaking to yourself. How, how do you find that? 
Because I find um, it, I find it very strange. I've tried to do a couple on my own where I just yeah, talk, and I, yep. I just feel like a moron. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I guess, um, I guess that's a hard one. Um, first and foremost, um, I guess I've done a lot of that, Chubby. That's probably the other part of this, right? For example, and and I guess this is this is something that I've practiced a lot over the years. I've done a lot of lecturing, whether it be university, whether it be for the Australian Strength and Conditioning Association or privately as, as, as a mentor. So, you know, currently once a week, I have a, a mentoring group of about 120, uh, 120 guys that, um, guys and girls, 120 in the crew, exactly, uh, yeah. that, I, that I literally uh, speak at for 50 minutes and then open the floor to questions. So... I'm fairly well practiced in it, to be honest. Um, I write myself a pretty skeletal style of, of, of protocol. So I'll write, you know, so I might write uh, intro, two points, uh, middle of podcast, two points, end of podcast, make sure you don't forget these, summarize that, repeat this. So it's a combination of having practice for years and a bit of preparation. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think so. Um, I've, I've always been pretty good at talking. Uh, which anyone so it's the occupation it is an occupation that's for sure um so uh i guess mate truthfully it's it's a it's a funny one because for me uh and anyone who knows me will uh will, will be laughing at this point but you know i could talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles without any drama where do you want to take it where do I want to take my podcast, mate? That's an unreal question and thanks for asking. And yes, that is me buying a time to make sure I answer that question effectively for anyone out there who understands any form of media. Um, but The only reason I asked, mate, just to give you a little yeah. bit more time is because I, I had a call from a gentleman, um, I won't say his name, used to sure. play rugby for Australia yeah. earlier in the week. And he's like, where do you where do you want to take this? Where where do you you know what's your plans for this? Where do you see it going? And yep, yep. I, think, I think he was a bit disappointed that I didn't really have a plan. Well, I do have a plan. Um, um, so I guess there's there's two pieces. One, the biggest part of what I want to do is I, I want to engage truth. Um, and and one of my key pet hates, uh, especially in the health and fitness industry and the professional sport industry is some of the smoke and mirror and, and some of the, the bullshit, you know, jobs for the boys or girls, um, you know, jobs for your mates and, and these kind of things. But also um, the, you know, from the social media perspective is people getting uh, huge social media followings with low qualifications, uh, terrible experience, but big marketing budgets. Um, so I want to put that, that, education piece out there with the opportunity for so many to take that for free that's that side the other part and probably um you know i guess an important section for me is about knowing and and treating people with you know i guess respect and dignity and what that means to me is that i want i want my podcast to be something that reflects the things that are important to me, not just education, understanding, and, and I guess, you know, a place to ask questions um, without fear of judgment, but also to show people the path that I've been down, the things you need to know, the things you can know, and, and a different way to get it out there. Beautiful, mate. Can I, can I ask a request? Yeah, okay. at, at some stage, can you do one on habits and how yeah, to change habits? Absolutely. I'd, I've um, been doing a lot of listening and reading on that, and I would love to hear you um, yeah. do one yeah. on that. Mate, have you read uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits? I've just read it. Mate, one of, yep. Habits, one of thing, uh, all of those kind of creative pieces um, and mate, look, you know, I can I can easily bump that up the food chain for you because uh, that's so I've written uh, and and Chubby, this will give you an understanding, right? So I've got a current list of 139 podcasts that I'm going to do. Beautiful. So uh, Greg Young, who's the owner of Body Science, and I sat down um, and he asked me a series of questions. And one of those questions uh, was how well, like, 
how well organized are you around this? And I and I said to him, oh, I've written down, I've written down 45 podcasts that I want to do. And he said, write a hundred. Okay. And I went, shit. And I was like, okay, all right. So I did and I started writing. And now every time something comes up, you know, I go, oh, people want to hear about that. Bang, I'll pull that in. Right. So yes, I've got structure around my podcast, but I've also got the availability because it's mine. I've got I can do my wish, you know, similar to yourself. You know, if, if an opportunity comes up or something happens, you can bring that forward or push that back or whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, yep. I've got to pull my finger out. 100, <laughs> 100 podcasts. Yes. The biggest thing, I, I guess the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about, mate, and I, I thought a really good way of taking this because I've, I've done a few coaching podcasts already. Yep, yep. And there's, there's a lot of young coaches out there going through the system and, um, you know, it's my first year. I'm very lucky to have a good mentor in Todd. But learning how how all the uh, different pieces of coaching fit together is something that I think just takes time. Yes. And something that I have not seen anywhere is how the head of performance and a head coach mm-hmm. um, work together, align, and how to, how to get that all role, right. really. So all I right. guess... That's my, my first question, my first question, yep. and then finish whatever you're saying is when you walk into a program, what's the first thing you do? Okay, so um, I guess the first piece of the puzzle is, uh, and, and this is semi-pro footy, right? Like, so this is, this is where, you know, the level we're at where our players get paid in, in first grade and those kind of things to play or to win or whatever the case may be. Um, the coaching staff, some are getting paid, some are still volunteer, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I guess the first piece of the puzzle is respect. And why I start there is obviously, you know, I've, I've been in the game now for a long period of time from player to coach and, and obviously, you know, moved up the system and gone into head of high performance in, in a couple of clubs now. But one of the key pieces to that is understanding that at your club and at my club, roles are totally different, okay? Structure is totally different. The head coach, the GM, the operations manager, who knows what, right? Everyone's role is different, okay? So it's it's about respecting what one person currently does and what another person currently does to really get that system correct. Now, once that piece of the puzzle is there, I try and set aside the things that I've seen that work, whether it comes from, you know, watching, you know, an operator like Johnny Menenti, who's a, who's a real people person and, and a, you know, not such a heavy stickler for, for you know, the, the data and so on and so forth. He's just great with the people um, and just a real coach's coach. Um, you know, that was a, that, that's your phone call, you know, that, Whereas, you know, someone like Todd is, is certainly someone who, you know, is, is, requires a lot of background paperwork and wants to see the structure and wants to see the systems and wants to understand why you think this and why you think that. Mark Gudmundson that I'm working with now um, is, is a really amazing coach at understanding uh, this is your role, Clint. You're better at it than I am. Off you go. Tell me what you need. Tell me how we're going to work together. Tell me how this is going to happen. And, and mate, look, I've kind of worked with all manner of coaches. You know, like I had Brad Moore, who's now the uh, the attack coach for the All Blacks at Southland and, and a whole bunch of different people like that that I've worked with over the years. Every coach, every head coach and every GM is very different. So it really is about understanding that structure, respecting those lines, but also setting your non-negotiables. Um, and for me, you know, and, and coming back to West Harbour after many years, I think it was 12 seasons that I'd been away since I came back, um, you know, and, you know, I walk in with, you know, my normal uh, bit of flair and a bit of, uh, you know, a, a bit of humour and whatnot, but also a very serious line of non-negotiables. Um, even, even now during COVID, you know, the, the boys have got to post every single day uh, into our WhatsApp group, 
what they're doing because obviously they're only allowed to train by themselves or with a member of their household. So, you know, there's, I, I had to individually write programs that suit, uh, you know, we shelled out all the equipment from the gym. You know, the boys have either got a pair of dumbbells and a weight plate and a resistance band, and that's about it in most cases. Um, except the guys who might live in a four or five, you know, four or five bedroom house where there's a couple of them. So for me, that that's been a been a big thing. But you know, Gutto's let me really run that show and and make sure I've got full control over the the athletes right through down to the Colts and the women's program, making sure that each one of them have got everything they need. But for me, that's definitely about understanding each person's role in that, who I need to speak to about what how I need to get things done quickly, effectively and efficiently so that I don't waste anyone's time, especially volunteers that are, that are really putting their time and effort into the game. Um, you know, a lot of, and a lot of times being unseen and unheard. A uh, couple of questions for me. So obviously once you've worked out all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. when it comes to the actual physical preparation of a sporting team, rugby team, individual, whatever way you want to look at it, do you, do you look at the game first or the game model that the coach wants to coach and then work your training program around that? Or how, how do you attack it? So, so I, have, I, I, I have a sort of in my head a bit of a pillar system and I've written this down previously um, in a lecture that I did for the – or a, a presentation I did for the ASCA, um, which is the Australian Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, and what I said is there's, there's three things, right, Firstly, there's the type of game that wants to be played. Secondly, there are the non-negotiables around what is required for that person to be a better athlete, better human, better ability, you know, low injury, more resilient. And then thirdly, there's the specific parts that that individual is lacking right so that comes into the assessment side that comes into the understanding what each person requires that that second piece you know around understanding the game you know you know that you're going to at some point get tackled by a 70 kilo halfback you also know that at some point you're going to get tackled by 150 kilo prop right so we know those things and then thirdly we know that a particular coach might want to be the fittest team, not particularly worried about the size, not particularly worried about set piece, not particularly worried, or the opposite way around. You know, they might be, you know, uh, a big a big stickler for that that effect around, you know, making sure that the, the strongest team on the park, you know. Um, so for me, that comes down to those three pieces and really working out which percentage, because we've only got 100% of training, right? So depending on which athlete you're looking at, if I'm looking at an 18-year-old who's, you know, on the verge of being signed for the TARS, I'd prefer to worry about the individual pieces that are going to keep them resilient. And when I hand that athlete over to the TARS or to the Queensland or actually probably never to the TARS in this case, you know, it's usually uh, unfortunately uh, to, our, to our other states. Maybe that'll change with DC... Uh, jumping on and taking the, uh, the cake. But um, interestingly enough, we've just got uh, Cody Hawkins and uh, his partner wandering past. Uh, Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've just got the wave from one of my, uh, one of my wonderful athletes. So, Cody, uh, I know you'll listen to this podcast. He's waving away there now. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. So, something I've really enjoyed, and it's my first year coaching, so I've, I've got no idea what I'm doing. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. But one of, the, one of the great things about Shoot Shield is that you've got a mix of people who are aspirational and you've got a mix of guys who are a bit older and a bit younger who are just sort of social players and it's an outlet, it's an outlet from life. Yes. As a coach, so that, that, as a coach, that kind of puts you in a, a weird position because you're not really – you've got these guys who are basically professionals in terms of their, you know, application – and you've got guys who aren't. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you balance that? Okay, so, and, and for, every, for every one of your listeners, your, the guys watching this on, on, uh, on video or whatever the case may be, Chubby, I think there's, there's two really key pieces to this, mate. First and foremost, anyone that ever gets paid to play this game 
is should be looked upon as as loving every minute of of that process right they should be grateful that they ever get the opportunity because there's some guy toiling away in third grade that he's never ever going to play a game of first grade ever and if i could make every first grader remember that that'd be that honestly i'd pack it up right that'd that'd do me right because some days i look at the the way those first some first graders behave and I think to myself, mate, you, you don't realise that there's the, you know, the second grade fly half sitting there would chew his own arm off for a five second cameo in first grade. Um, but the reason that I'm, I'm starting with that statement, it's really simple, mate, because you've also got to remember that a club is made up of those amazing third and fourth grade individuals, whereas Southern districts, you know, in a pair of, uh, pair of budgie smugglers on the, uh, on the DJ deck uh, over on the hill, you know, uh, swearing at me because I'm, I'm trying to shout instructions at, uh, at a winger or whatever the case may be right down to, to that, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade prop that, uh, you know, probably should have given up the game 10 years ago but we'll still do a job for you if asked, you know. Um, you know, there's the, the beauty of what we get the opportunity to do is remember that the bell curve must exist. So if I first and foremost look at the program, okay, 83% of people will fit in that middle ground where they want to train, they want to do weights, they really, you know, they, they will turn up, uh, they will put in, but some days they're going to cut a couple of reps short, because they're feeling shit, they've been on the tools all day at work and, and they, they will cut it short. You know that that's the case. So you get the most out of them on the days that work. Then you've got your top echelon of guys who are, you know, should be playing super rugby that, uh, that are on their way there. Hopefully they see that the more weights they do, the more mobility, the more they help that next group brings, that, brings a couple more into that group. And then you've got that final wonderful group that I uh, love in that social, uh, in that social aspect. That I seem to get along with those guys really well. But I also tell them, I want you, to, I, I want you to still work. Like the game is better when you're a bit fitter, a bit stronger. You're less chance of getting injured. If I can educate them on why I need them to be that way usually they will put in you know perfect example there is uh you know tom games and and Vaughan lomax uh so uh you know ex first graders for west harbour tremendous tremendous men both playing third grade at the moment you know their work means that they probably only train you know one and a little bit of a night of a week rather than the traditional three but they always make sure they get a little bit of weights done at home, whether it's a body weight circuit, whether it's a stretch, whatever it happens to be. And they'll take the piss out of me for it, mate. They will. Okay. But that's when you know you've got them. When they're taking the piss out of you and you're having that banter with those boys, mate, that's, that's when you know that uh, you're on the right track. Okay. A couple of things, couple of things. I've, I've seen it just as many times as you've seen it. There's a young guy who's, you know, sort of 20, 25, who's, who's a talented player but probably doesn't have the patience and the work ethic to really achieve their potential. Yep, yep. What's your approach with guys like that? Mate, okay, so first things first, um, I, I try three things. Um, first one that I try is I, I, try and, I try and show them someone who was them, try and show them an example, right? I try and say, you know, oh, there's this, like, so I'll give them an example of someone who's changed their tune and they're therefore made super rugby or whatever it happens to be, right? Or, or, you know, a regular first grader, whatever the case may be. But first, that's the first port of call, trying to show an example. Because if they can physically see that, physically hear it coming from that player rather than a coach who they know is there, to do a job, okay, it, it means that you've got that little bit, you, it, it's like drawing on a testimonial, you know what I mean? Like when you, when you go to buy a car and you, you know, you, you, the salesman says, oh, you know, this RAV4's an amazing vehicle, blah, 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 you know? Um, so that's, that's the first one. The second one is uh, I, try and, I try and meet them at their level. Okay. Now, if that's uh, look perfect example here, mate. Um, 
you know, Alofa uh, has just rejoined, Alofa Alofa has just rejoined West Harbour. Uh, I had Alofa as an athlete, uh, you know, over over 12 years ago before he joined uh, the Waratahs and, and then headed over to, to France. So Alofa and I have a good relationship. In his early days, he didn't love doing weights. He didn't love, you know, that was, he, he was super fast. He was electric. Mate, we sit down and went to dinner. You know, I took the bloke out for a meal. You know, the, the good old break bread with a human is, uh, is, is a tremendous one for me. You know, like I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, for, you know, showing boys you care, okay? Because, mate, they certainly care about me. You know, recently I just did a, a 24-hour walk for mental health, which I know you saw on my, uh, on my social media. Um, so, mate, I've been back at West Harbour, might I add, for less than two months I had 13 of my boys at the finish line. I had three of them walk more than 25 Ks with me. And I had one of them prepared to walk the whole damn thing. Right now, now, mate, I've been there for uh, for six or seven weeks, right? Like now I knew none of those boys at that stage. When one of them actually turned up, I had to, I had to rack my brain to remember his name because I'd only been there six weeks. I hadn't learned everyone's inside and out yet, but mate, that's, you know, mate, that in itself, you know, that's, that pulls on the old heartstrings for me, for me, you know, like it was, uh, it was, that's, that's pretty, you know, that, that shows that you're, you're making a difference in blokes lives. Um, and the, the third piece and, and, you know, where this question originated. And, I, and again, apologies that I do go off on a little tangent. Right. To add story, to add testimonial, to add that, you know, that genuine feeling. But the third piece is I try and find out why they don't see things the same way I do, okay? You know, mate, you can look, you know, I've had any number of international players that I've, that I've worked with over the years, you know, at, you know, the Al Alatoa boys, you know, Michael and, and uh, Alan, obviously both, uh, you know, tremendous in their own right. One for Australia, one now for Samoa. And, and, mate, you know, as kids, they were gigantic humans, okay? But, you know, I, I gained their trust. And, you know, Alan only talked about that the other day. Um, he, was, he was at a West Harbour function and, you know, made comment about, you know, me, me screaming at them when they were, you know, Colts, you know, doing four and fives on the backfield at St. Luke's. And, you know, that stuff, that stuff resonates, mate. It, it, it kicks back over and they, they know I care. So, therefore, it's, it's a lot easier to get that buy-in when that's the case, mate. I've, um, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but I'd love to get um, the opinion of, of a head of performance. Is, um, Steve Hansen was, uh, was quoted in an article not that long ago saying, he doesn't understand why coaches don't want to get close to players. Right. He's saying that if you get close to players, you'll be able to teach them in their language. You'll be able to get more out of them. Yep. And, but if it starts to affect your judgment, you're not putting the team first. Now, I, I really like that point of view. And that's kind of something I've adapted early on. Is it different for a head of performance, S&C type role? Uh, look, no, it's not. Um, you do have to be really careful with with uh, with favourites, okay? You know, Cody Hawkins a perfect example, you know, just, just walked past a few minutes ago or, you know, back in the Eastwood days for me, you know, Hugh Parrott, Benny Batcher, blokes that, you know, Jai Ayub, uh, the little general, you know, these blokes are, are, are guys that, you know, I, I am absolute mates with as well, you know. You know, guys like, Guys like Jai, you know, I mean, God, I had him at I had him at rugby league, you know, 18 years ago or some crap, you know. Like I think I coached Jai uh, two different sports, six different teams or something, something crazy like that, you know. Um, but the point I'm trying to make in that, mate, is is quite simple in saying that you get close to blokes, you have to you have to understand that you're not going to be close with everyone. You've still got to treat everyone with massive amounts of respect. You know, and, and mate, I'll let you in on a very simple little secret. And I don't mind my players knowing this either as I say this, but mate, you know, I I try to I try to learn little things about each one of them. And and you know, the players know that I'll go and give their partners a kiss or say g'day or trying to try and know something 
about their external life. You know, got a young uh, young prop currently playing second grade. No doubt you would have seen the young fella, um, Tungy Murphy. Tremendous, tremendous human. 155 kilo prop. Uh, moves like the winds. You know, he's already made the pig athletic uh, a couple of times with uh, one hell of a step. Um, you know, his mum and dad turned up to to a game at Concord. Uh, pardon me, not at Concord. I wish we were at Concord, but uh, unfortunately, we're at Dremoyne Oval at the moment with Concord still being re- uh, renovated. But, um, mate, I went over and introduced myself to them. And uh, afterwards, Tungy was like, oh, thanks for, you know, thanks for introducing yourself to mum and dad. Now, that's because I have a high level of respect for the players. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that, you know, another coach doesn't. But for me, if I'm going to ask him to put his body on the line for me every week and do things, you know, in the gym that he's never done before, mate, just simply show respect. Show that player you give a shit, right? Yeah. So mate, I'm, I'm certainly all about that, you know. I was on the phone to Stevie Cummins earlier today. You know, uh, Max Page, a, a halfback that we had at West Harbour and Eastwood, was, uh, was, you know, came over the other day for a training session. So, mate, you know, look, I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, forming great relationships with your players. But, you know, that also comes down to, you know, showing, showing them the respect they deserve. How do you balance the, the need for – so in sport, even semi-professional sport, you still need you, – you're still expected to get results. But the, the funny thing about that I've seen about coaching is that development actually takes some time. Yeah, yep. So how do, you, how do you balance the need between long-term development and short-term result? Well, Particularly in the athletic department yeah, because so, so getting fast that, takes time. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, there's, there's a really interesting one. And, and, you know, your former head of high performance there at uh, Southern District, Clint Hoare and I are very good mates. Um, and and Hori and I talk about this a lot. Um, that, that time that it takes to develop that long-term athletic development model within a club, you have to get the buy-in of your board. You have to have them understand that. You have to have your coach get that. And if you can't explain that in terms that makes players and coaches understand that, well, mate, you're in all kinds of trouble, you know. Back in my rugby league days when I was working for for West Tigers, young Aaron Woods was uh, an up-and-coming prop playing for Holy Cross Ride at that time. And we went away on a trip uh, up to uh, far north Queensland where myself and Todd Payton, who was uh, playing for the West Tigers at the time, but he was the head coach of what was called the West Tigers Cubs group. And uh, so, so we went away and um, I was chatting away to Woodsy on one of the flights and uh, he said to me that he'd played 16 games of footy between uh, Balmain Juniors, uh, Holy Cross Ride, CAS and CHS within within uh, 29 days and we were just about to take him away and ask him to play three games in six days now interestingly enough a big big light went off in my head I'm like hang on a sec wait not just how many minutes is that how many impacts is that for a front roller now rugby league obviously nice simple game we, we know we got six six hit-ups and if you're playing prop you're probably going to have one of those okay um, and you're an exceptional prop at that stage. He was an Aussie schoolboy, like so. He was he was the man. Um, and mate, I remember thinking to myself, I, I went back to my room and I started scribbling away all these numbers and starting to do the bit of data analysis. And I just went, Jesus Christ, like, this kid's getting flogged, right? So I went back to the coaches and I said, Hey, look, I've just I've just gone through this with Woody, and and this is the scenario. Can you can you tell me what you think? No, and Toddy Payton, who was a front rower for, for West Tigers and is now uh, coaching, um, he sort of said, mate, I couldn't do that. And as soon as that, the penny dropped for me, mate, I realised that you have to understand longevity in this game means, and in any game, might I add, in sport, means smarter rather than harder. Okay understanding what you need to achieve, understanding bare minimums and and also then controlling blokes who want to give more, who want to be over the top. You know, I often say the words, you can't 
you can't overtrain, you can only under recover. Yeah. So that's a that's a big piece of that puzzle for me, Chubby. That's mate, that's gonna help that's gonna help a lot of people because I think I, I think the the sort of the meshing of the technical, tactical and the physical is still something that people aren't quite across at the developing coach level. And, mate, you've got to be really truthful here, mate. I I have made more mistakes than you've had hot breakfasts, okay, or hot dinners for that case, um, because, mate, the, the part and the beauty of this is I had some amazing mentors who allowed me to make those mistakes, right? You know, might have been given blokes weights that were too heavy at certain points in the season or not enough recovery or, you know, uh, not the not the mental stuff they needed, you know, not giving them a cuddle when they needed a cuddle or, uh, you know, a pat on the bum when they needed that, you know. But, mate, I think, you know, the truth of this is, mate, stop trying to think that anyone out there is better than you or perfect because, mate, I promise you, mate, the, the list of mistakes that I've made over the years, uh, you know, would, would uh, make, you know, if I went back and revisited them, some of them would make my hair stand on end, you know, because... It's, it's such a, you know, we're, we're no different to a player, mate. You know, they drop the footy on the weekend and cause a knock on and, it, and it, you know, you get a try scored off it. Well, mate, next job, okay? Same as us. You know, if I've given you, you know, a, a back squat and, you know, you've ended up sore and therefore unable to play or, you know, you've injured a hamstring because, you know, our volume was too high during the week, mate, we've all done it, okay? And any coach that thinks they're better than that, probably needs to revisit their humility and, and realise that that's really not true. Beautiful. You, you've answered one of my questions. I was going to ask about failure and, and learning from mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just just probably another way that I would frame that is all the stuff that you've learned. Do you, do you have a way that you – do you write it down? Do you yeah, log it? How, how do you recall this sort of stuff? Uh, mate, look, you know, I'd love to say that I'm an absolute genius, Chubby, and that uh, it all comes naturally to me and I just roll it off the top of my head. But, mate, no, uh, I, I ask every season, I ask for three players and three coaches to review me. That's, that's on a personal level. This has got nothing to do with the club. The club obviously does reviews on you each and every season, um, the coaching staff, etc. You know, but but I always ask for that individual feedback and I ask people that are going to be ruthless, okay? You know, I'm ruthless in my pursuit of excellence. Um, so therefore, I, I ask players the same thing, you know. You know, I'd ask a Jed Gillespie for, for an honest feedback. He's going to be honest. Mate, Jed's going to be honest, let's face it, right? Um, you know, I, I'd ask a Jai AU that would, uh, wouldn't hold back and would say, hey, mate, I hated this fucking drill. This drill was great, et cetera, et cetera. You know, whatever, okay? But you never just ask the three fittest, okay? You never ask the three strongest. You pick blokes across the park, right? And I think, mate, you know, I was, I was walking down the street uh, here in Maroubra where I live a couple of weeks back when you were still allowed outside, um, there's a there's a young bloke who was uh, you know two blokes actually Stephen James uh, and uh, Nick Potter who are blokes that I coached in third and fourth grade at West Harbour twelve seasons ago and the pair of them you know still a little bit of banter still a little bit but guts honest okay they came and watched the game a couple of weeks ago and they said mate it's great to see that West Harbour are fit strong they look the best we've seen them look in years well done. Now, mate, even that stuff is, is just tremendous feedback. But if you're not doing feedback and analysis on yourself, and these are the three questions I ask myself, uh, did I make players better this week? Did I make myself better? And what mistakes did I make that I can learn from? Because you do that every week? Every, every week? Every week, mate. Every week. Maybe not totally formally in the sense of I don't sit down and write down the answers, but quite regularly, especially on a Saturday Arvo after driving home, you know, I've just polished off, you know, two schooners, uh, you know, courtesy of, currently courtesy of Akasha Breweries at, uh, at Concord, uh, one, of our, one of our good sponsors. But, um, you know, I'd sit in a car on the drive home and go, righty how was this week really? You know, am I pissed off about this? Did we do well here? How did that pan out? Did I forget anything? Was there anything I could have done better? Okay. Constant self-analysis, mate. 
um, mate, I feel like I could talk to you all fucking day, but <laughs> have you got time for just a few rapid no, questions? No, go for it, mate. Go and, for and then it. I'll, I'll um, let you get back to whatever you're doing. Thank you. Why do you coach? <laughs> mate, when you wrote that question, I was like, fuck, I'm so happy to answer that. I coach because I want to be the coach that I didn't have or did have in some cases, but didn't have when I was my age. So when I was that up and coming athlete, when I wanted to be, you know, I was playing Aussie schoolboys, um, you know, water polo at that stage, you know, playing Central North rugby, New South Wales, you know, and, and I, I wanted to be a professional athlete more than anyone on the planet, you know. Um, and because I grew up in the country, I didn't really have some of those things available to me. And by the time I got to Sydney, it was a bit late in a lot of cases. So, yeah. What have you changed your mind on that you used to be certain about? <laughs> Mate, my mind is an absolute open book these days. Um, so the first thing, you know, and, and I explain it like this quite regularly. 25-year-old Clint would bash 20-year-old Clint for being such an up himself little wanker. Okay, um, and vice versa, each five years uh, incrementally going up, you know. But the, the point that I'm trying to make there is um, that humility is very difficult, and being uh, high ego and, a, and you know, coming from that athletic background, your ego is quite high. You, you, you go into it really setting your ways, and you think that you're perfect, and you look at someone else and go, What a load of shit, or whatever it happens to be, mate. Um, keeping your mind open is, is something that you probably learn far too late in life. Um, you know, they, they, they often say that experience is wasted on the elderly. Um, and that's something that I totally agree. So I, I wish I'd listened more, you know, that the equation that uh, David Boyle, one of my best mentors uh, always hits me with is mate, uh, two ears, one mouth. I love it, mate. Love yeah. it. So, yeah. How important is personal development? And what do you do for personal development? Mate, amazing. When I signed my contract with West Harbour, I, I, had, a, I had a PD clause included in my contract, which, uh, it, which meant there was a series of, like there was money put aside for that, but there was also time put aside for that. And what that means is that it gives me an opportunity to, you know, I flew up to the Gold Coast, spent some time with the Reds, spent some time with uh, with the Titans, um, and spent some time with uh, the the Australian water polo team because I, I'm a heavy believer in that sport crossover because the lessons the lessons are quite regularly the same, but the 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 ways you get things across are always going to be slightly different. The education of each individual is always going to be different. If you're not reading. Okay, you're wasting one of the most valuable resources you can. You know, um, you know I, I, I put books up on my on my Instagram all the time that I'm currently reading. Um, I'm currently reading Mark Burris's Rise um, about his story because you can what you can learn from the financial world you can take over sport. What you learn from sport you can take over the financial world. It doesn't matter what it happens to be. But PD is probably one of the things that I would turn around to every young SNC, I don't care if you're not getting paid for your first couple of years of role, but ask for, you know, a trip to the Brumbies, a trip to whatever, just get them to pay for something or help you get something in that realm. Because mate, I learned more on my first, uh, my, my first ASCA strength and conditioning conference than I think I'd learned in the previous seven years at uni. You, you, you kind of answered the question already, but what books would you recommend for young coaches? And it doesn't just have to be head of performance, s &C, just just coaching in general. Yeah, okay. So 11 Rings, Phil Jackson. Uh, I love it. Love that book. Great book. Um, Relentless by Timmy Grover, who was uh, Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, their, athletic, their athletic trainer. Um then I would also probably look at, uh, I, I guess, from that, from sort of the other side, um, you know, there's there's a book called Change, um, and it's it's about mindset and so on and so forth. There's another book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, mate, look, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in in crossing out of your lane to read 
new things and then dragging that back into your lane, but remembering to stay in your lane when, when you don't know something. So they're probably my, my key books. Um, and uh, from, from a personal growth rather than outside of sport, um, you know, there's, there's a, a book by Viktor Frankl. Um, he was a psychologist that was uh, in Auschwitz. Uh, it's called A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, it's one of the books that I give to just about anyone who I mentor. I, I heard about that today. That's next on my list. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Uh, if you're not crying by page three, you don't have a heart. Um, but, we were uh, just talking about this before. I'd recommend to anyone Atomic Habits as well. Oh, great book. Great book. And I've just started reading The Barcelona Way by Damien Hughes. <laughs> yep. Could, couldn't recommend it to any, anyone more. Yep. Um, any podcast you'd recommend, mate? Yeah, mate. Um, look, I'm. I'm. Oh, look, I guess I'm very biased. I like the short, sharp versions, um, and I don't just necessarily stay in the lane of of uh, of I guess sport. But um, the All Blacks podcast is is always great. I love hearing about the Kiwi ways. Um, you know, I was blessed to to have the opportunity to uh, to go and work for Southland in the ITM Cup back in the day, and you know, had some tremendous All Blacks play for us in that particular team. And I learned so much from that particular group. But um, from a from a, an S&C perspective, uh, Westside Barbell, um, definitely right up there with some of the best stuff I've, I've ever heard. Um, you know, I'm still a Joe Rogan fan and whatnot, but they're probably a little bit too long for me these days. So I like the, I like the 20 to 40 minute realm. Um, but realistically, uh, you know, uh, what the ruck is another good one. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I'm pretty open to, to a lot of different areas. Nice mate. Last question, and it's, it's how I finish every episode. Yep. What advice would you give 18 year old Clint Hill? Shut up. That's great advice, mate. <laughs> That's a good way to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, I think that was. Is, I, I really appreciate your time, mate. I, I think there's, personally for me, so many things I can take away. And I think anyone listening who listens to this will get something out of it. So um, the Hill, Hill Strength and Performance podcast. Yep. So I recommend anyone check that out. I'll put it in the description in the bio. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Clint underscore Hill Strength. Check it out. You're always putting some good stuff up there. And um Mate, I hope we get out of this lockdown and get to have a beer in person. Oh, soon. We're only two weeks away from playing each other. So uh, that's, that's you know, I love coming down to Southern Districts, as you know, you know, so many of the boys I've had, uh, you know, I've had the, the uh, fortune to coach over the years and, you know, so many of your management I've worked with and and it's just, a, mate, it's it's one of my favourite places and I was disappointed that I didn't end up getting the opportunity to work down there a couple of seasons ago. Oh, mate, you'd fit in terribly well, which I don't, which, which I, I don't know if that's a compliment to you, actually. Uh, probably not, probably not. I, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure when you think of blokes like Paulie Asquith and uh, that, but... Uh, Pol- yeah. Holloway. Holloway, please, let's not, let's not, let's leave it there. All right, mate, I'm grateful for your time, my friend. Stay safe and um, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Shelby. Speak soon, mate. Take care. Thank you, mate. Thanks, bud. And that's today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode or any of our episodes, please make sure to subscribe um, on your preferred podcasting platform. Currently, we're on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Wandering Bear Sports. Until next week, wishing you and yours all the best and we'll see you next week.